This is Church Alive's teaching of the week. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. Today, I think we need to spend a little time talking about resetting the purpose that God has for our life. And we need to... You see, God takes great delight and pleasure in you. And we are here on this earth to bring Him glory and to bring Him delight. So let's read the rest of that passage of Scripture, Romans 8, 28 through 30. I'm going to go back and start at 28 just because I like it so much. And we know that in all things, somebody say all things, in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Verse 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Verse 30. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. I want you to know today that we are all made with a purpose. We are all made with a purpose. And you know, when something is made, it's made for a reason, isn't it? Just as you and I were. You see, where you are right now, You're there for a specific purpose. It was in God's design, and you're there for a reason. But sometimes we forget our purpose, and maybe we need to push that reset button on our lives and reset our purpose. Because you see, it's easy to forget why God put us here sometimes, right? We get stuck in a routine sometimes. We forget that we're created for his pleasure and we forget about the gifts and the talents that he's given us to help us accomplish that purpose, all right? Isaiah 43, 7 says this. It says, everyone who is called by my name, I created for my glory. I formed and made. We all have a calling. Pastor Gene talked about that last week. And God made us for a purpose. Daily, we need to be focused every day on his purpose for us. Because you know, I have discovered that without purpose, you're just existing, not living. You ever been there? You just feel like, You're just getting by. You're just trudging through. It's the same old daily thing. You get up, you brush your teeth, you go to work, you come home, you eat your supper, you go to bed, whatever you do. Just existing. There used to be a commercial that came on TV. It was a Peace Corps commercial, believe it or not. And it said this. It said, if you are not doing something with your life, it doesn't matter how long it is. Think about that. If you're not doing something with your life, it doesn't matter how long it is, right? So today, I want us to look at four things, 
four things that we need to realize about our purpose, about resetting our purpose. So if you're ready to go, I want you to say, I'm ready. ready. All right, here we go. Number one, number one is this. Our purpose is to do the will of God. Our purpose is to do the will of God. You know, some people base their eternity on works, on what they've done, or on being good. And they think that that will get them to heaven. I want you to know today that good works will not get you into heaven today. I used to work with a guy. For many years, we worked together and we became friends and, and uh, got to the point where uh, he was comfortable talking to me about his salvation, and, and he wasn't a church-going guy. His family, they didn't go to church, had never been to church, never in their lives. And uh, he used to say this. I would ask him about salvation, and we'd talk about heaven, and he would say, he would say, well, Nolan, he says, I guess it's just up to the good Lord whether or not I go to heaven. And I said this. I said, well, I said, you know, I said, the good Lord, God has already done everything he needs to do for you to go to heaven. I said, the rest is up to you. You see, what we have to do is we have to make that decision. We make that choice to follow after Jesus, to make him Lord of our life. And that's how we get to heaven. Because you see today, good people die and go to hell every day. So your works will not get you to heaven. Jesus is the only way to heaven today because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way. And once you have a relationship with him, you're supposed to start bearing fruit. Did you know that? And the fruit that we have in him, we like to call action today. We kind of say it like this. Doing is proof of being. Come on, get that in your spirit today. Doing is proof of being today. The Bible says you'll know them by the fruit that they bear. Isn't that what it says? Look, John 4, 34 says this. Jesus explained, Jesus said this, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Doing the will of God is our nourishment. It is life to us. And you may say, but Nolan... You don't know what a mess my life is. You don't know all the things I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know how I've messed up. I got a verse for you, all right? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says this. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. I want you to know today, if you look at me and say, Nolan, you don't know how much of a mess 
that my life is. I want you to know today that God can take your mess and he can turn it into a masterpiece today. You see, because God created or God planned good works, he said, for us to walk in. And we fulfill the plans that he has for us when we do his will. Now, if you know me at all, or have known me for any amount of time, you know that my favorite Bible verse is this. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. I want you to know today that God uses his plan for us to accomplish his purpose. So we need to make his purpose our purpose today. And what's his purpose? Jesus said, I came to seek and to save those who are lost. That should be our purpose, right? Now look, God doesn't force you. You have your own choice today. You can choose to follow your plan today. And many of you in this room have done exactly that. You've chosen to follow your own plan. How's that working out for you? (laughs) How's that working out, right? You can follow your own plan if you want to, or you can choose to live to follow his plan. You know, I think sometimes... um, (laughs) We say uh, God maybe puts something in our path or he tries to send us somewhere. He tries to do this and we say, but God, I've got plans. I can't do that. I can't go there. I've got plans. And I think he says, huh, plans? You got plans? You got plans? You know what we want really shouldn't matter. I'm going to say it one more time. What we want really shouldn't matter. That's hard to hear, isn't it? Because I want to do what I want to do. I want to do what I, you know, what I'd like to do. Listen to this. If we don't do His will, we are missing the purpose for our existence. Because you were made by God for God. Let me say that. Let me back up. You were made by God, for God. And until you understand that, your life will never make sense. You can try to figure it out all you want to. Why is this happening? Why did that happen? Oh, why is this not working out for me? Until you realize that you were made by God, for God, your life's never going to make sense. Let's read on. All right, Romans 8, verse 29 says this. It says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined. You see that in that verse 29 there? For those God foreknew, he also predestined. Number two today, I want you to know that 
our purpose is already determined. I'm going to let you marinate on, marinate on that one just a little while. Our purpose has already been determined. And that's good news. You know why? Because God is bigger than your bad decisions. God's bigger than your bad decisions. You know, something you did when you were 17 cannot reverse what God planned for you when you were in your mother's womb. Because your purpose is already determined. Nobody can break up with you. Nobody can divorce you and cause the purpose of God for your life to be interrupted because your purpose is already determined today. Nobody can fire you from your job and interrupt the purpose that God has for you because your purpose is already determined. There is no stopping what God has started until it is complete. He will see it through. What I'm trying to say to you today is this, is that God is still working in your life. He's been working even when you made mistakes. He's working even when you do stuff right. As a matter of fact, I believe that God can use some of our biggest mistakes to do some of his greatest miracles in our lives because your purpose is determined today. Doing God's will is all about serving the kingdom and saving the lost. Are you doing that today? You see, God gives us gifts and he gives us talents and that ties into our calling. Romans 12 talks about a leading and teaching, encouraging, giving. In 1 Corinthians, it talks about the gifts of wisdom and faith and healing of prophecy. Are we actively serving the kingdom of God? You know, 1 Corinthians talks about we are one body with many parts. Try to operate without your leg. Try to operate without your arm, right? I wonder if you truly believe God will fulfill his purpose for you. Or are you maybe stressed out today because you're trying to fulfill God's purpose for somebody else? You know, it's easy to uh, look around especially in the society that we live in today with uh, post and with uh, clicking this and, and looking at that. And it's easy to look around and start to compare the way we raise our kids to the way somebody else raises their kids. Or we start to compare our marriage to somebody else's marriage. Or we start to compare our life to somebody else's life. You know what I mean? The, the kind of house they live in. The car that they drive. It's easy, isn't it? To compare, start to compare. And before long, we start to compare our purpose to their purpose. But God did not call you 
to fulfill their purpose. Your stewardship is not of their purpose. So today you don't have to feel bad about the gifts that God did not give you if you're maximizing the ones that he did. Maybe I need to say that again. You don't have to feel bad today about what he gave somebody else, about the gifts and talents maybe he gave them, if you are maximizing the ones that he gave you. And all you have to do, and this is going to set somebody free today, or it can if you receive it today, all you have to do is to fully commit yourself to God's purpose for you. That's it. You know, you, you see me up here sometimes playing this piano, right? And um, I'll be singing into a microphone. This piano has a purpose. The purpose of this piano is to play music, to make music, right? That's good, right? You can hear that. You, you press a key, makes a noise, press a bunch of keys, makes a chord, and it makes music. That's the purpose of that piano. The purpose of this microphone is to amplify my voice. Amplify my voice. Now, what if I were to come over here, and you've never be able to see this, what if I uh, took this microphone and tried to play music? It don't work, does it? I can't play the piano. Or what if I tried to... Hey! What if I tried to talk into the piano? They each have a purpose. So we wonder sometimes why we walk around frustrated, why we walk around discouraged, or maybe depressed today, because we're trying to do something that we were not created to do. It's not your purpose. You see, you have a purpose, I have a purpose. And when you put pressure on yourself to fulfill a purpose that God did not intend for your life, of course you're going to be stressed out. Of course you can't sleep at night. Of course you're going to feel like a failure because it's not your purpose. But God says, I know the plans I have for you. He says, I have plans to give you a hope and a future. And what God has put in you is for you and not for anybody else. That is pretty good. If I was out there, I'd be like, hey, that means a matter. Amen. That's good preaching. I'll amen myself today. It's all right. It's all right. Romans 8, the last part of that 29 there says this. He said, for those God foreknew, he also predestined, listen to this, to be conformed to the image of his 
son. Purpose number three. Our purpose is to be conformed to the image of Christ. What does that mean? You know, it means you and I are supposed to look more and more like Jesus every day. To be conformed. You know, when you're saved, the moment that you're saved, you're made right with God. You became righteous in a split second. You say, well, Nolan, I don't look righteous. You know, maybe I didn't. That's all right. God wants to see us grow up spiritually. You know, you're not supposed to, supposed to stay a baby forever, are you? When you're born into this world, you know, you can't walk, you can't talk. You have to drink milk all the time. You eat baby food, just like a new Christian. When you become a Christian, you're on the milk. But you know, we're supposed to be growing spiritually every day. And we move from the milk to the meat, what God has for us. And you know, once you do that, you know, when you first get saved, you may be like this. But maybe you start reading your Bible you start going to church, you start, the Spirit comes and lives in you, and then you start being able to walk. You get to walking, right? You begin to telling folks about Jesus, what he's done in your life. The Bible says that the fruit of a Christian is another Christian. Right? How many people have you led to Christ in the last three months? Oh, me? When we have those fleshly moments, though, sometimes that we all have, that's us. It's not Jesus. But what we have to do is we have to keep aiming to be more like Jesus every day. That's our goal. That's what we're aiming for. We have to keep aiming to be like him. First Thessalonians says, God's will is for us to be holy. Second Corinthians says, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is spirit makes us more and more like him as we're changed into his glorious image. Our purpose is to be conformed to the image of Christ. Moving on, that last part of that verse says this. 29, the last part says, he predestined he to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Number four, and lastly today, our purpose is to be part of the family of God. Our purpose is to be part of God's family. You know, when you're born into this world, typically you have a mama and a daddy. Sometimes you have brothers and sisters. You get a family, right? Or maybe when you get married. Randall and Ava just got married not long ago, right? See, Randall got all the Warren clan, right, when he married Ava, right? You get a family, right? You get a family for better or worse. <laughs> Just kidding, all right? In the kingdom of God, you don't get you just get Jesus when you accept him, but you get his family as well. And how many of you know that it's important to connect to the family of God? You see, experiencing Christianity in its fullest involves relationships with the family of God as well as 
praying together, worshiping together, just like we're doing here today in this house, um, and serving together. Your daily walk with God should involve other believers because you help build each other up. Anybody here like to watch uh, National Geographic? I'm just curious. We got one over there. Yeah, National Geographic. It's kind of cool, right? Uh, for those of you who don't know, the National Geographic channel is like um, about animals and stuff and about, uh, you know, nature and stuff like that. Um, when I was a little boy growing up, you know, we only had three TV channels. Well, let me back up. Really, we only had two all the time. That third one would come in sometimes. The ABC station, sometimes what you would have to do is my dad would say, son, go out there and take that uh, wrench and turn that pole that holds that in. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. If you missed out on this, you missed... We would have to turn that pole to get the antenna just right so it would pick up the TV station you wanted to watch. That's what we had to do. And uh, I remember when I was a little boy, on Saturday mornings, every Saturday, there was this show that came. This was before the National Geographic Channel. There was a show that came on there called, I'm fixing to jog somebody's memory. You're going to say, I remember that too. There used to be a show that came on called Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all remember that? And I think the little guy that hosted his name was Marlon Perkins or something like that. I can't remember, but I think that's right. I used to love to, on Saturday mornings, you know, after the cartoons came on, that would come on. And I would just be so enthralled with watching that stuff, you know. Because what they would do, they would go on these safaris to like Africa and stuff, you know. And they would show these lions, you know, and elephants and giraffes and all that kind of stuff. But I remember this, I was traumatized. <laughs> One Saturday, I'm sitting there, you know, in my pajamas, you know, watching TV. And uh, they're following this line around, man, this, this pack of lions, and they're out hunting. And uh, they come up on this pack of gazelles. And you know, lions and gazelles don't get along too good. And what happened was... One of these little gazelles got away from the pack and he was out all by himself. And the lion started stalking him. And before that little gazelle knew it, the lions had done snuck up on him and then got him. And that traumatized me as a little boy <laughs> that that would happen. But you know, it got me to thinking. That's kind of like us in the family of God. When we're isolated and we're all get out by ourselves doing our own thing and not a part of the family and not with other believers, it makes it so easy for the enemy to come in and snatch us up. And he starts whispering things in our head. You know them over there, they not, you know when you're isolated. So we need to be surrounded by strong believers to help build us up. 
Psalm 22, 22 says, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. We need to move to a place where we feel like we're family. And here at Church Alive, we like to say it like this. We are family. We even have a little song. If you haven't heard it a while back, we had the t-shirt and said, we are family, right? Get up everybody and sing. Because we are family. Praising Jesus Christ, our King. That's our little song we sing. Because we're family, right? So your purpose today is to belong to the family of God. And I want you to know that you're in the right place here at Church Alive because we are family, right? Part of the family of God. But you know, that also means this. It means we're a part of those who have gone before us. Think about Moses. Moses, a murderer, a man that he said, I can't speak, I'm slow of tongue, I can't speak. But God had a purpose for his life. Think about David, a lowly shepherd boy. He was the outcast of his family. His dad always sent him out to tend to sheep while his brothers got to go and fight and stuff, right? Think about it. But God had a purpose. He was an adulterer. But God had a purpose for David's life. Think about Mary. Mary was just a virgin. She was a peasant. She was the lowliest of the low, didn't have anything. But God had a purpose for Mary in her life. Just like God has a purpose for you. What if everything that you've been through in your life up to this point is just preparation for what God has predestined you to do. All the junk, all the bad stuff, what if it's just preparation for where God wants to take you? Today in closing, we're going to read that last verse. Verse 30 says this, it says, And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Today I want you to know this verse says we have been justified. And you know that has to do with the cross. It has to do with what Jesus has done for us. You see, it has to do with our debt of sin being paid. Even though we were guilty, Jesus has taken our place and it means we have been justified. Just like you would think about it in a court, in a courtroom. There's a guilty verdict, but we have been justified. We have been made right before God because of Jesus. And he says, and those he justified, what's that next part? He says he also glorified. You know, because of what Jesus has done for us, 
We are now able to spend eternity in heaven. We don't have to go to hell. We have eternal life, John 3.16 says, right? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever, that's me and you, believeth in Him, should not perish but have everlasting life. We've been glorified today just like Jesus. You see, Jesus died on a cross for our sins. He paid the price for our sins. When He did that, we were justified. But you know, they took His body down, they laid Him in a tomb, but He didn't stay there. Our Savior rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And because of that, He's glorified now. He's in heaven, right? And because of that, we can be glorified too. We can have eternal life in heaven with our Creator. Today, I want you to know we all need to be living out our purpose. Luke 16 says, He who is faithful in the little things is faithful with much. Thank you again for listening to Church of Life's teaching of the week. We invite you to join us for the Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 a.m. or learn more at churchalive.net.